Hey everyone, this is Anthony Fleming, Senior Pastor of Church Alive, praying that this message is fresh, real and powerful in your mind, your heart, your family, every part of your life. If you enjoy these messages, subscribe to it, share it with a friend to build their faith. God bless you as you lean in to the power and presence of God's Word. All right. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Hello. Good to see everybody. Hi. Ooh, yes. Um, as you saw in the video, my name is Verlani. Good to meet you. And if you're a first-time guest, hey, welcome. Welcome to Church Alive. It is my greatest honor and privilege to welcome you home. And so, hey, can we, for a second, can we celebrate our worship team? Give it up. Like, real loud. Wow, so good. Yes, you guys are the best. Seriously. Oh, I'm hoping by the 1 p.m. I won't cry. <laughs> um, but hey, as you saw, hey, we're in this series. We're launching a series called Big Prayers, Big Faith. And really for us, um, it's just to encourage us. It's taking our, some of our favorite prayers in the Bible to encourage you to pray over this summer. And here in Church Alive, when we talk about prayer, we think of th- prayer in three ways. We pray in the name, of, we pray boldly, we pray in the name of Jesus, and we pray like it matters. So in this moment, let's all stand and practice that out. I'm gonna pray, but you're gonna pray with me and believing that God wants to do something special and powerful even today in this moment in your situation, amen? Amen. Father, we thank you. We thank you, God, that you are too good to not believe that miracles flow from you, that it is your name that is above every name. It is your name that is above every sickness, disease, every heartbreak, every disappointment, every discouragement, every setback. Father, we thank you. We thank you that even now that this message will elevate our speech and our faith to believe and dream for more in you because there is always more in you and so we seal that and declare that in jesus name we pray amen amen all right yes thank you guys all right awesome you know so we talk about prayer and i just prayed there and maybe that doesn't sound like how you pray and i'm going to tell you today that's okay (laughs) it's totally okay because depending on where you are to be honest Man, you've been praying about certain things and maybe they haven't changed. Maybe your circumstances haven't changed. The outcome hasn't changed. And so I want to encourage us through the life of Jesus, how our prayers may not necessarily shift our circumstances, but how our prayers shift us. Uh, And so one of my favorite prayers is found in Mark chapter 14, and this is where Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he's just having a real moment with God the Father, right? He's about to be, he's about to be crucified, all this other stuff, and he's just in it. And this is what happens in verse 35 and 36. It says, this is Jesus, he went on a little farther and fell to the ground. He prayed that if it were possible, the awful hour awaiting him might pass him by. Verse 36, this is Jesus, and he says, Abba, Father. In other words, Dad, right? He cried out. He says, everything is possible 
for you. Please take this cup of suffering away from me. And then he says, yet, yet, I want your will to be done, not mine. And so another version of this uh, passage says, get me out of this. <laughs> Have you ever said that? Like you're in a circumstance, you're in a conversation, you're in a situationship, and you're like, yo, get me out of this. Someone's talking to you, you're like, oh my God, get me out of this. And I think this is where, man, for some of us, this is where we are in life. Maybe it's a job. Maybe it's something along those lines, and you're like, I need to get out. I don't know what it is, but I need to get out. And this is where Jesus was. Jesus was clear on his purpose on earth, and yet the closer he got to fulfilling his purpose, there was a bit of a struggle there. And I think that's important for us to remember today. And if I could sum up this message in one simple sentence, it would be this. Big prayers move us to big faith that help us respond with big obedience to unchanging circumstances. Big prayers move us to big faith that help us respond with big obedience to unchanging circumstances. Four words, your will be done. It changes everything. It changes everything. Prayer, you think prayer has to be long. No, four words. Your will be done. It changes everything. It is a phrase that says, it's, a, it's not a resignation. It's not a prayer that says, okay, God, here you go. Your will be done. I'm out. No, it's actually an invitation to participate, to collaborate, to say, help me see this differently because clearly my will isn't working in this situation, right? <laughs> and so when we invite um, God's way and his will in our life, can we, are we able to spot the difference? I think one of the more popular questions we get as leaders is, well, is it my will or is it God's will? Mm, I'm not sure. And I hope that throughout this message, and you may be in, in a different, depending on which phase you're in, I hope that something just clarifies or clears up into where you are. Maybe you're thinking about something right now and you're like, man, is this really God's will or is it mine? And I hope that as we shift some of these things here, um, it'll come clearer to you. And so because God's way may not be as easy as we profess, right? I mean, if we're honest, obedience with faith is messy. It's messy. And so can you imagine obedience without faith? Following, trying to follow God without faith. I feel like it'd be a struggle. It'd be a strive. Like, yes, I am doing this for God. Mm, right? A grit in your teeth. And I found that in my life, the things that I've been praying for, the things that I've been believing for, there comes a time where what I want to do, what I want to say in response to my circumstances actually violates the very thing I'm believing God for. And I'll keep asking God to get me out of something without saying yet, yet, mm, right? There's gotta be a shift. And so I say, cause we've been saying that word a lot and I'm super excited to say the title of my message, which is a prayer that shifts. 
a prayer that shifts. That is the type for those of us who are taking notes. Because the reality is, don't you wish every time God spoke to you, you just did it? Like, why is it so difficult, depending on the area of our lives? Like, man, uh, yes, God said it. Yes, okay, I'm going to go do it. That doesn't happen all the time, at least not for me. (laughs) And so I find that maybe, just maybe, if the struggle is a little intense in where you want to obey God in, can I tell you maybe you're on the precipice or you're actually closer to reaching a purpose, the purpose, the very thing that God might be calling you to, and there might be some intensity in achieving that. And so how do we know, how do we know that if we're responding in faith to unchanging circumstances? Because we have different perceptions of what faith looks like based on what you've seen. So I want to be able to, again, use Jesus and how he responded in faith. And here are just a few signs that maybe what you're praying for is actually moving you to faith, right? Big prayers, big faith. What you're praying for, is it actually shifting you, right? And so number one here, as we're taking notes, big prayers shift our position. Big prayers shift our position. And we find this, and we're going to take the same scripture in different contexts. And in Luke chapter 22, verse 39 through 41, same verse, it says, then accompanied by his disciples, Jesus left the upstairs room and went as usual to the Mount of Olives. There he told them, pray that you will not give in to temptation, right? Extracting his disciples. And then verse 41, he walked away about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed. Simply stated, Jesus moved. Big prayers cause you to move right? They cause you to move. And so big prayers causes us to humble ourselves, to get into a different position. I find that Jesus in the moment where he wanted to get out of something, he had to move to somewhere to get again something from the Father. He needed to get closer to hear the voice of God, and it wouldn't have happened if he stayed in the same place. So can I suggest to you this morning that if your prayers don't cause you to move, maybe they're not big enough. Maybe they're not big enough. Big prayers, things we're believing for, they cause us to move. And this passage tells us that Jesus went to pray. He physically went somewhere consistently. He had a place where he went. And so can I ask you today, do you have a place in which you pray? Because maybe that's where we need to start. You know, some of us, we gather here on Sundays and we gather in our transform groups and we pray in those moments. But if those are the only moments in which you pray, I can I encourage you, you need to pray. Press in just a little bit more for the big things because Jesus left his disciples, he told his disciples to pray and they fell asleep three times, right? So what does that mean for us? What If I tell my friends, it's okay, tell your friends to pray, tell your pastors to pray, tell your leaders to pray, but there has to be a responsibility on my part that says, no, I'm believing for this, so I will pray as well. We cannot abdicate our responsibility to pray for the things that we're believing God for. Amen? 
And so depending on your circumstance today, if your prayer life, if your conversation, if your circumstance looks like, get me out of this, hey, shift your position. Get a little closer. Change the atmosphere. Take a walk. Change where you pray because it will change how you respond in faith. All right. Number two, big prayers clarify my responsibility. You know, Jesus went to the Father three times in this exchange, which reminds us that big prayers actually require persistence until something shifts. We have a, we have a great relationship with Pastor Jurgen Matisius outside of um, California, where our men went to their conference earlier this year, and he has a book called push, which says, pray until something happens. And so if you are, again, we're encouraging you to grow in, the, in prayer this summer. If you're not reading anything, grab push, grab the book. It will change your life. Matthew 26, 42. This is Jesus again, a second time. He left the disciples and then he went to pray. He says, my father, if this cup cannot be taken away unless I drink it. Your will be done. Again, four words, your will be done. It's the tipping point, right? When we pray and invite God's will in our lives, then we must be prepared to follow his way. And Jesus said, you know, I love how Jesus started the prayer and he said, if it is possible, right? Like if this is a choice, right? Let this cup be taken away. By the second prayer, he says, well, if this cup cannot be taken unless I, there was a shift in responsibility from get me out of this to, well, if there's no one else, meaning that there is a recognition on Jesus's part that maybe there was a little bit of a control going on there, right? He, have we, like when we think about the method in which we want God to answer our prayers, have we released control? Have we released the method, the way in which God wants to answer our big prayers? After all, he is God, right? We, we don't, like, he doesn't serve us. We serve him. He doesn't worship us. We worship him. And so and when we think about us being created, he created us to be in relationship with him, which means that we can limit God on what we see because our methods are limited to what we've experienced. And God wants to do so much more than that in our lives. And so in Hebrews 11.1, 1, which is a great reminder of what faith is, it tells us now faith is control. Now, right? Now faith is influence. No, right? It says now faith is confidence in what we hope for. We need to have confidence in what we're believing God for. We do. And, it's, and it's, it says this, and it's assurance about what we do not see. Too many of us, we want confidence where we need assurance. And so that is not what faith is. We need to have confidence on what we're hoping for and assurance. Like as we sang, if he's the way maker, then we know he's still working even if we don't see it, right? That's what, we're, that's what we sang. I hope you believe that with all your heart. Amen. You know, we know that God can shift the outcome of any circumstance, but if it doesn't change, 
if our circumstance, if the outcome doesn't change, can we trust that it may be, just maybe, it's part of a larger plan? And we may never understand that. You know, your will be done is one of the boldest prayers we can pray because it's a prayer of surrender. It's a prayer that releases control. Too often we underestimate the power of your will be done because the moment we actually embrace it, we understand what our responsibility truly is. And it may not be what we expect. And so if your prayer today sounds like, well, why me? Is there really no one else? Can I encourage you to shift your motive? Can you can shift your motive? The why? The why questions that we ask God? Maybe it's time to think about what am I here for? What, am, what do you have me here for, God? Well, how are you going to use me, God, in this situation? And it may not even be you. And that is also hard to hear because number three, big prayers shift our focus. Big prayers shift our focus. See, through prayer, Jesus' focus shifted from suffering to purpose. From suffering to purpose. His responsibility regarding the events of his ultimate sacrifice were so clear that when the disciples tried to save him from the thing that he was meant to do, he said no. He went against his friends. And John um, chapter 18, verse 10 and 11, it says, then Simon Peter drew a sword, right? This is the moment where this is it. They're about to attack Jesus and they're taking him away. And one of his boys comes in and he's like, no, 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 I'm, I'm gonna stop this whole thing that's happening right now. And so then Simon Peter drew a sword and slashed off the right ear of Malchus, the high priest's slave. But Jesus said to Peter, and this is, a, and this is incredible, right? He's about to get like taken away. He says, put your sword back into its sheath. And lastly, here it says, shall I not, shall I not drink this cup of suffering that the Father has given me? Shall I not drink this cup? In other words, can this really be avoided? You know, what, have you been there where you tried to stop something from happening only to realize that it was going to happen anyway? And the frustration and the pain and all sorts of stuff that you were dealing with in the middle of it, only to realize, oh, this was going to happen regardless. This is where Jesus was. And Jesus had to shift his focus, right? He embraced the will of the Father. And there could be no one, not even Peter, okay, one of his disciples, to get in the way of what he was really meant to do. But how did Jesus get here, right? I feel like there's moments where Jesus had spoken and then I felt like, man, maybe he was reminded in these moments. And sometimes for us, we need to be reminded of things that we've said in moments where we were good. Oh yeah, like this is good. This is what's gonna happen. And in these low moments, John chapter 12, verse 27 to 29 is so powerful. This is Jesus and he's talking to uh, the crowd and he says, now my soul is troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. Get me out of this. Or no. He says, no, it was for this very reason I came to this hour. Yet your will be done. Yeah. 
And this last part is where, oof, I hope that this hits you where it needs to. Verse 28, Jesus says, Father, glorify your name. And then a voice came from heaven and said, I have glorified it and will glorify it again. See, prayer, the power of prayer shifts our focus to purpose and obedience follows purpose. There is a willingness to our obedience when we're clear on purpose. You know, so choose your focus and it may not be an immediate shift, right? This is what we're talking about. It may not be an immediate shift. And so we have to have patience with ourselves, but that's why prayer is so important. It's so important because it can take us from get me out of this to your will be done to father glorify your name because how do we be otherwise how do we become people who regardless of the outcome can say father glorify your name this ultimately happens to us when we're okay without getting the credit when we realize that it's not our name that heals, it's not our name that saves, it's not our name that delivers, that I am powerless without Jesus, I do, but I do have access to the one who can save, who can deliver, who can heal. Can we be okay with glorifying the Father in our circumstances? Because Jesus understood what he and the Father had. Amen. The secret sauce in our prayer, what it drives us to is unity. You know, John 17, verse 21 to 22, which I love because I get to fill in the gaps of Pastor Steve's communion message. It says, uh, this is Jesus, he's praying and he says, I pray that they will be one. That's you and me, that's all of us as the disciples, just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, I am in you, and they may be in us, so that the world will believe you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you've given me, so that they may be one as we are one. There is something important when our big prayers start to reflect the purpose of God in our lives. We start to desire unity over everything. We start to desire what God wants. We sacrifice me on the altar of one. And so there is a difference between harmony and compromise and prayer shifts the lens by which we see it. Hebrews chapter 12, verses two says this, and I love that this is Jesus. He says, looking to Jesus, right? The founder and perfecter of our faith. When we need to know what our faith needs to look like, we can always look to Jesus, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and he is seated at the right hand, the throne of God. How do we know? How do we know that our prayers are shifting us? We sang it. We sang it just in this, in this service. We count the joy. There is joy that we have because joy is a refiner. See, Jesus was in the midst of about to, again, encounter the most horrible, the worst day of his life, and he experienced joy because he was fulfilling his purpose. 
And so the book of Hebrews tells us again, he endured suffering, he endured difficult circumstances for the joy. Jesus saw joy on the hardest day, potentially of his life. He saw the joy, which means that joy always comes even when our circumstances don't change. We always have joy. We can always shift into joy. We can always experience joy. And we can experience joy and suffering at the same time. That's what Jesus did because Jesus had a preferred picture. Too many of us are enduring and we're suffering depending on our circumstances and have forgotten the picture. See, Jesus saw himself seated at the right hand of God, which means that every step he took, every time he was beaten, every time he was bruised, he saw joy because he saw where he was going. Do you see where you're going? Because if you've lost a way, it's okay. Prayer reminds us of the joy that we can have in Christ. So as I start to close, man, I'm not sure where you find yourself in the journey today because maybe you've stopped believing that things are going to work out. You know, maybe you've started to um, doubt. Again, it's been too long. It's too much. It's too hard. Can I encourage you to start again, to believe again, to find a place where you can quiet and hear God's voice and see your purpose again. I know maybe you're in a situation where you cannot see any other outcome, that you're like, okay, this is really the reality of my situation. This is not changing. This is what's gonna happen. Can I tell you again, maybe you need to invite God to clarify your responsibility in the outcome because it may not be what you expect. He may just give you new eyes to see the exact same situation differently. And I think that's important for us even if the circumstances don't change. See, Jesus shifted from sorrow to joy and the outcome was the same. He still went to the cross. And perhaps some of us are still here and we need to allow God to get the glory of what you live through. You, some of us oof, some of us need to allow God to get the glory, to shift that, oh, it happened to me. No, 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 what he did through me. Because it matters. It matters to the people that you'll influence. It matters to the people whose lives you'll touch. It's him that gets the glory through our journey. It's him. And so through all these different prayers, they all lead us to shift. But throughout this message, maybe you've wanted to pray and you've recognized, man, I don't even have a relationship with God. Or maybe the relationship you do have, you're like, I can't even remember the last time I prayed. Maybe some of us had lost that connection. It would be the greatest honor of my life to invite you to start that conversation with God. I think about um, 20 years ago, I gave my life to Christ at the fun age of 12. And I think about that moment where I'm in Tropicana Field and no God loves them, knew that I would get saved at a baseball stadium, go figure. Um, <laughs> and I think about the, that moment of surrender for me and to see now, oh man, if I could tell that little girl then, that God would do so much in my life. It would be so worth it. And so I tell you, I encourage you today as a church family, we're gonna pray a prayer in a second, but I wanna let you know that giving your life 
to Jesus, it is the best decision because he will take you places that you never thought you would go otherwise. And prayer is such a key in reminding us of that picture, that preferred future for your life. And so with every, let's pray. So with every eye closed, every head bowed, we're going to repeat this prayer as a church family. And if you've been here for a while, or man, you just, you know that you need to connect again to Jesus. Repeat this after me. Jesus, I give you my life. I believe you died on the cross and rose from the dead for me. Today, I ask for your forgiveness. Let your will be done in my life, in my home, in my family, in all things. Amen, amen. And so with eyes still closed, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, or you're choosing again to connect with Jesus again, hey, can you raise your hand for me? Yes, I see that hand. Yeah, I see that hand, I see that hand. All right, thank you, I see that hand back there. Yes, I see that hand there. Thank you, thank you. You can put those down. Hey, let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you, God, that you are so good to us. And even if our circumstances doesn't change, Lord Father, we know that we can trust you and we can believe in you and we can hope in you again. And we think of all these things. We thank you so much, God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.